the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy encourages us to follow good examples. Hearing, reading, observing. Those are the key elements to mentoring. Those are the key elements to discipleship. And as a result, you'll grow. Your faith will deepen, and I think your experience of the peace of God will be multiplied. Because that's what Paul says here. The things which you learned, received, heard, saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. When you want to learn a new skill, you find a good teacher. And then you practice, practice, practice. That's also a spiritual principle that our teacher, Philip DeCourcy, is driving home on today's edition of Know the Truth. Using Philippians chapter 4 as our text, Philip explains that in order to thrive in our faith, we must follow some good examples. This is an encore presentation from the Less Stress series broadcast earlier this year. Now, let's join Philip as he shares the powerful benefits of mentoring. We believe here in these closing comments of Paul, Philippians chapter 4, that he's addressing the issue of peace, stability, joy. He wants us to live lives of less stress. And we have made an argument throughout this series that as a nation, we are an anxious people. And no doubt, Christians are not immune to being worried and anxious about things in their own lives. But you and I can be still and know that He is God. So let's come and look at the text. If you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to look at is what I call the exhortation or the command or what Paul's asking him to do. Look at verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. That's an imperative. It's a present tense command. So keep on doing these things. Keep on practicing what I'm telling you to do. Be at peace with each other in your relationships. Find your joy in Christ. Develop a sweet reasonableness. Show patience and forbearance towards others. Expect Jesus to come back at any moment. Pray about your worries. And give thanks for answers to prayer. And think upon things which are lovely. This is what you ought to do. Practice these things. And as a result, the God of peace will be with you. So that's the exhortation. Practice these things. It includes prayer, right thinking, and obedient living. If you want to have the peace of God guard your heart, then don't be anxious and pray. If you want to enjoy the peace of God in your heart, think upon things which are lovely. Focus your mind on theological reality and truth. If you want to know the peace of God and the God of peace with you, then you need to do the things that Christians ought to do, as exemplified by Paul. Obedience to the Word. 
And if you don't do those, you won't enjoy the peace of God. Now, you're still enjoying peace with God. You're still saved. You're still a child of God. You're standing before Jesus Christ and, and before God through Jesus Christ hasn't altered. But the fullness of the enjoyment of the union you now have with Jesus Christ will be determined by the quality of your prayer life, the quality of your mind and your thought life, and the quality of your obedience. Philippians 2, verses 12 to 2. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Now, God does the first work, and you've got to indeed respond to that. As God works in you, You've got to respond to His grace and act in the power of the Spirit of God through prayer and right thinking and obedience. And if you'll do that, the Spirit of God within will bring to you a conscious experience and enjoyment of the peace of God, the peace that's found in God. So, we've got to get out of the chair of theoretical reflection about Christ. We've got to press toward the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. These things do. I am sure it should be a maxim among Christians that the more they do for their Christianity, the more their Christianity will do for them. It's true. Watch out for the slightest inclination to be careless about the things of God. Reading the Bible, going to church, praying, taking the Lord's Supper. Beware of shortening your prayers, your Bible study, your private communion with God. Be careful that you do not give way to thoughtless, lazy manner of using the weekly services at church. Fight against any rising disposition to be sleepy, critical, and fault-finding as you listen to the preaching of the gospel. Whatever you do for God, do it with all your heart, mind, strength. In other things, be moderate and dread running into extremes. But in the matters of the soul, fear moderation, just as you would fear the plague. Don't care what men may think of you. Let it be enough for you that the Master says, strive to enter in. These things do, says Paul. Get up. Rise up. That's why I've always appreciated and shared with you the story out of Clemson University in South Carolina where some years ago someone suggested to the athletic director, Frank Howard, that they add the discipline of rowing to their athletic program. He refused And he refused famously with these words, we aren't going to have no sport where you sit down and go backwards. (laughs) I think Paul would love that. We're not going to sit down and go backwards. I'm going to lay hold of everything that God laid hold of me for. I want a full salvation in all its dimensions, justification, sanctification, glorification. And I know what's involved to enjoy that full salvation. I have peace with God. That won't change. But I want to enjoy the peace of God and the fullness of God's work through His Spirit who produces the fruit of peace in the life of the believer. Let's move on. The emulation. The emulation. Paul has taught them what to do. But the wonderful thing is Paul has shown them what to do. Paul is an example not only in word but in deed because things are both taught and caught. And Paul shows this. Look what he says. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. 
practice, practice, practice what I have practiced before you. Doesn't Peter say that to every pastor in 1 Peter 5 verse 3? Be an example to the flock. And he believes in the power of example. You've got to believe in the power of example. For a few reasons, it's biblically sanctioned. I mean, we've got an example here of Paul. He points to Timothy and Epaphroditus as other examples. Probably the classic example would be Hebrews 11 and 12, right? Where in Hebrews 11, we've got a list of godly men and women who evidence their faith in believing the unbelievable and seeing the unseen. And in chapter 12, verse 1, as Paul encourages the Hebrews to run the race with endurance, he says, you realize that you have a great cloud of witnesses that encourage you in your race? Their lives are an example of faith that speaks to your faith. So it's biblically sanctioned. In Paul's context, it was culturally encouraged. I mean, this is a Christian thing and a biblical thing, but it's just interesting to note, if you read some of the Greco-Roman documents of the time, it was often pointed out in that culture that life goes better when you find a virtuous example and follow that person. So it's biblically sanctioned, culturally encouraged. But here's what's interesting. For the Philippians, it was practically necessary. Let's step back. But as we read our completed Bible, which includes the letter to the Philippians, realize that they didn't have a completed Bible. They probably had copies of the Old Testament, which were able to make them wise on to salvation. But as far as the New Testament was concerned, maybe by this stage, around about AD 61, there were some copies of Galatians and James that were circulating. Maybe elements of 1 Thessalonians were out there. But they were more dependent on actually hearing the apostles who would write the New Testament. If they're to know what it means to be a Christian and how to behave properly and correctly as a Christian, they've got to remember what Paul said, and they've got to remember how Paul acted. It was critical to them. Because as we know from Ephesians 2, the church was built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That's why in Acts 2, the church gathered for the apostles' doctrine. And so they needed to hear the apostles' words and they needed to follow the apostles' examples. And so you need to understand this. And just to underscore what I've said throughout this sermon, you know, even though we have got a closed canon, we have a completed Bible, the necessity of following godly examples and sitting under sound teaching hasn't been taken away. You want to grow in grace? You want to enjoy the peace of God? You want to live less stressfully? Then do all that is said here. And this is one thing you've got to do is follow the example of others. So let's look at this for a few moments. Unpack these four words. Learned, received, heard, and saw. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. They're kind of somewhat self-explanatory. The word learned, as you can imagine, is what they learned from Paul directly. When he was with them in Acts 16, among the church there at Philippi, he founded it, he taught them, he showed them the gospel, he taught them the great Christological doctrines of Christ's eternality and deity and virgin birth and sinless life and atoning death and resurrection and soon return and so on and so forth. So that's what we've got here. They heard and sat under the preaching of sound doctrine. Secondly, the things they received certainly may include the idea of Paul's preaching. But the word received here is interesting. It carries the idea of a tradition that's passed down. And I think 
certainly what it would include, anything that Paul said and they heard, we've probably got a reference here to what he has written to them, what they just received, what Paul codified in a letter that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm building a profile here. I think Paul's saying, here's what you need to do. You need to do what you heard me say and the doctrine I taught you. You need to do what you've heard read and what you've read yourself that I wrote to you. Then we read the things which you heard. Now, it could mean the things that they heard from Paul, but since he said, do the things that you learn from me, that would be kind of doubling down repetition. So most commentators would argue what you've got here is the idea of what they hear about Paul from others. So they've heard from Paul himself, but they've also heard from Timothy and Epaphroditus and other trainees under Paul what he's like to travel with. This is what they've heard about his reputation. He has a good reputation. He's the real thing. He has suffered for the gospel. He has counted all things lost for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Then finally, the things which you've seen. They know the story of his imprisonment and singing at midnight and the jailbreak that took place. They've seen him, you know, work with his hands so that he's not a burden to the church. They've seen all that. And he says, I want you to think about those things and reflect upon those things. And I want you to do what you've heard from me, what you've seen in me. If I was kind of to put it in a little homiletical outline, if this would help some of you, he tells them, you know what? Follow my preaching, my pen, and my practice. My preaching, what you heard, my pen, what I've written, and my practice, how I lived. Or Paul's words, Paul's writings, Paul's walk. If you like P's, preaching, pen, practice. If you like W's, words, writings, walk. Now, let me make that practical. What we're talking about, hearing, reading, observing. Those are the key elements to mentoring. Those are the key elements to discipleship. You know, whether it's a parent or a pastor or a pal, I want to hear what they're saying. They need to tell me good sound doctrine. They need to communicate the gospel in a clear way so that I understand the gospel and sound doctrine. So I need to hear, I need to read. Certainly need to read the Scriptures and I need to hear them read the Scriptures. But I think this would spill over into the idea of reading books about the Scriptures that help you understand the Scriptures. Reading a grammar, a Greek or a Hebrew grammar. Reading history. Reading a good Christian book on doctrine by a trustworthy writer and pastor. And then observe. See, the mentor mentors you through teaching. The mentor mentors you through the book and books. And the mentor mentors you through inviting you to take a look at their life. So, Dad, your children are watching, and rightly so. Husbands, your wives are watching, rightly so. The leaders of this church, our people are watching, rightly so. And on and on, you get what I'm saying. So here's what you're looking for. Come back to Robert Morgan. You know what? You know, find someone with a shovel in their hand that's digging their anxiety six feet under and ask them how they're doing it. Ask them how they're trusting God. Let me spend some time with you. And as you spend time with that person, hear, read, observe. And as a result, you'll grow. Your faith will deepen. And I think your experience of the peace of God will be multiplied. Because that's what Paul says here. The things which you learned, received, heard, saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, before I leave that thought of the emulation, 
I'm going to go on a little bit of a rabbit trail because I think we've heard a lot when we hear about discipling and growing and mentoring on hearing and observing. You've got to hear sound doctrine. You've got to observe a person's life. Stay close to them. But what about reading? Reading the Scriptures and reading books about the Scriptures. Because statistics tell us now that less than half of the United States reads literature. By any measurement, reading is down the list on people's priorities and passions today. And I think that's a sad thing. And I think that's a troubling statistic for Christians if you and I are on the wrong side of that half. Because God isn't on YouTube. And God didn't give you a DVD of Himself, a history of what it's like in heaven. God wrote a book, and you're going to have to read it if you're going to know Him. It's been well said, leaders are readers, and readers are leaders. And it's true. You say, Pastor, I don't like to read. Well, I'll get to you in a minute. Because <laughs> I was one of you. But just get the challenge. Get the challenge. The things you receive would be epistles that were written. They had to read God's Word, and by extension, they would read other books about God's Word. In fact, we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul, to make my point. But in 2 Timothy 4, it's Paul's last letter. We're in the last chapter. We're in his closing comments. Look at what he says. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. That was a thick kind of pancho-like coat with a hole in the middle that he had put over his head. It was moving towards winter. Paul realized he would need a coat. So he tells them to bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. Notice this, and the books, especially the parchments. Well, the books are papyri. These were books or leaves within a book that were made of reeds and be written on. And the parchments were vellum. They were animal skins that would be scraped smooth and written on much more expensive. Now, it's, it's debated among the commentators. What's Paul referring to when he refers to the books, the papyri, and the vellum, or the parchments? Well, no doubt he could be referring to elements of the Old Testament that Paul would have had copies of. I think by extension, you could make an argument in maybe some written accounts of the teachings of Jesus or other Christian writings, and some would even argue he was simply asking for some blank sheets of papyri and vellum so that he could continue to write. But either way, I just want you to catch on to this little phrase. This is Paul, Second Timothy, his last letter. When you come, would you bring the books? I love what Spurgeon says on this very text. How rebuked are they by the apostle? He is inspired, and yet he wants books. He has been preaching at least 30 years, yet he wants books. He has seen the Lord, yet he wants books. He had a wider experience than most men, yet he wants books. He had been caught up into the third heaven and heard things that was unlawful for a man to utter, yet he wants books. He had written the major part of the New Testament, yet he wants books. The apostle says to Tim, give thyself unto reading. He goes on, the man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. Love that last line. You want to prove you have no brains? Well, you're not reading the brainy thinking of others in books. Just be challenged, isn't it? A powerful thought. Last letter. This man has 
walked off the map with the gospel, written a large portion of the New Testament, been to heaven and back. What does he want? I need my books. I need my library. I need to read. My soul is starving. I want to add to my knowledge so that I can experience God in a fuller way because I will take what comes into my mind and new knowledge and I will move it down to my heart which will respond emotionally and volitionally as I respond to my new knowledge of God and live out a life of worship and delight and thankfulness to Him. You mightn't like to read, but you better read. Your soul depends on it. You've got to read the book. You've got to read books on the book so that you can better understand the book. You're listening to Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. Today's message is titled, For Example, part of our Best of 2018 series. Listen again online at ktt.org. Well, it's already November with the holidays approaching, and Philip, we're well into our eighth year of ministry. It's hard to believe, and it's been exciting to watch Know the Truth grow to reach more listeners. It is hard to believe, Wayne, but at this point in our history, we have produced more than 2,200 programs for the radio and the web. And these are messages uh, that God, we believe, has used for His glory, and uh, lives have been changed. And the influence of our ministry is continuing to reach more men and women across the United States. And so we're thankful to God for His um, providence and kindness to our ministry, for our team of volunteers that allow this ministry to operate on a weekly basis for those who pray with us. And also, Wayne, for those who have invested in the ministry, we couldn't be on the air without those who have invested in us financially. In fact, that was brought home to me in a very special way. Just recently, I received a letter from one of our faithful truth ambassadors, a man I'll call Bob, who wrote to tell us that sadly he had to end his support because he had just been diagnosed with a terminal illness and expected to be in heaven soon. In fact, uh, Bob concluded his letter to me by saying this, Philip, please know that you have been an immense spiritual blessing in my life. Maybe people feel to say it enough. But I want the record of eternity to reflect the fact that your ministry made a difference. If there's a suggestion box in heaven, know that I will strongly recommend that the Lord bless you ever so richly and cause your ministry to abound to His glory. I am saddened that I must end my support, but I hope you understand. And you know what? We, and it was my privilege to just call Bob and his family and thank him for their ministry. And then that letter just inspires us as a ministry because there are more people like Bob who have invested in us on a monthly basis who allow this ministry to not only change their lives, but other lives. And in some ways, I think Bob's letter lays a gauntlet before us as a ministry and certainly our listeners. Uh, I would challenge those listening today, would you pick up where Bob left off? And would you consider becoming a truth ambassador, uh, supporting our ministry on a monthly basis? You can do that as low as $25 a month or more or much more. Uh, But we're thankful to the Bobs of this world. Bob died in the uh, comfort of the gospel and the assurance of sins forgiven through Jesus Christ. And that's how we want people to live. And that's how we want people to die. And that's why we want to keep this broadcast going for as long as we can. So if you would consider becoming a truth ambassador, we'd very much appreciate that. Please go online and sign up today at ktt.org. Thanks, Philip. Won't you answer the call today and become a truth ambassador? Sign up to give a monthly donation of $25, $50, even $100 a month. You can do that online at ktt.org 
or call 888-644-8811. And today, when you make a one-time donation or sign up to give monthly, we'll put you on the list to receive Philip's newest book titled Take Cover. It opens with the accounts of the troubles in Northern Ireland when Philip served as a police officer in Belfast. And it is filled with biblical insights for finding our security in Christ. Request Take Cover when you give online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. Now, if you're new to Know the Truth, we've also got a gift for you. It's the free Take Cover bookmark that highlights key biblical truths from Philip's new book. Keep the bookmark handy to anchor your security in the one who holds the future. Ask for your free Take Cover bookmark when you call 888-644-8811. I'm Wayne Shepherd, wishing you a restful weekend, and be sure to come back Monday for more Bible teaching here on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Call 800-517-3636 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code WAVA. That's 800-516-3636 or go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WAVA. 800-517-3636. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.